blessing. I hope and pray that we don't take our Sunday, the Lord's Day, for granted. And uh, I hope it's not just another day. You know, uh, I just share this with you. Um, years ago, we were in the wintertime in West Virginia, and we lived, I don't know, probably about 15 minutes from the church. And uh, it looked nice outside, but where we lived, snow uh, was hitting, and the wind was blowing so bad, you couldn't see. Well, you didn't know that until you got out on the road. When we got out on the road, we realized that the, the road was covered. It was dangerous. You couldn't see. And I don't know how we did it, but somehow I was going some, you know, we hit that so fast, there was another car that was already in it. So I don't know how I did it, but I got up beside them. I was in like the middle lane, the middle where the middle, you know, the yellow lines were. And they were, and I realized like, oh my goodness, I've run right up on it. And then looked and here come another car. So y'all talking about three a, a stretch and a, y'all can do that in racing, but when you're on a road in West Virginia, it's not very wise. And I backed up and man, the wind was, and lo and behold, I don't know how the Lord protected us. So we got pulled over and man, I got out to try to stop people. And boy, before I could, uh, Sonny came through there, a guy in our church. He come in there and he started sliding and bam, hit the bank. And I got up past there a little bit and man, here come Mr. and Mrs. Bonner like in their late 70s. And I mean, they were barreling down there, not in a Honda, but they had a land yacht. And I was trying to stop him. He didn't see me. Man, he hit that snow. And I mean, in my mind, I thought all of them were going to pile up in there. And lo and behold, the only one that got piled up was Sonny. He got out and run over. I mean, it was dangerous. You just had to be there. And I thought, you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Bonner and all of us, our lives could have been taken. But you know what, we were going to church. And you know what, I thought when I got to church that day, I thought, you know what, we should never take for granted the, every Sunday that we're able to come here and worship and hear the God of heaven speak to us. And I'm afraid we do. I'm afraid we do. Oh, this is just another day, and this is another sermon, just another song. But I hope and pray we won't look at it like that. Would you open your precious Bible this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4? Our theme this year is, it is required in stewards that they be, that a man be found faithful. So the theme of our church this year is faithfulness required. Faithfulness required. Oh yes, I am a Christian, have been all along. Just ask me and you will see my faith is... Very strong, but I must tell you, I am a convenient Christian sitting on a shelf, a convenient Christian living for myself. I go to church when it is convenient for me, but there's usually some place else I had rather be because you see, I am a convenient Christian sitting on a shelf, a convenient Christian living for myself. You say there are things in church that I need to be doing, well, there are more important things that I am pursuing. After all, I am a convenient Christian sitting on a shelf a convenient Christian living for myself. You asked me to go to Sunday school and that's fine, but I can't. You see, I really don't have time. I'm too busy being a convenient Christian sitting on a shelf. Do I read the Bible? Well, yes, every once in a while, but it is really not for me. It doesn't fit my style. I had rather be a convenient Christian sitting on a shelf, a convenient Christian living for myself. Do I support the church financially? Of course I do. 
But every time I go to church, I give a dollar, sometimes two. But don't forget, I am a convenient Christian sitting on a shelf, a convenient Christian living for myself. Talk to God? Well, that's very easy for you to say. I'm too busy, you know, and I really don't have time to pray. Remember, I am a convenient Christian sitting on a shelf, a convenient Christian living for myself. Tell my neighbor about Jesus? Oh, no, not me. That is what we pay the preacher for, you see. As always, I am a convenient Christian sitting on a shelf, a convenient Christian living for myself. You say, why do we want to have the theme this year of faithfulness required? Because I hope and pray that we will certainly not be this kind of Christian. I believe this kind of Christian is what's killing our country. You say, no, Pastor, what's killing our country is all the evil that's going on, all the darkness that's going on. No doubt that's always been, but we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. But if we're a convenient salt, if we're convenient light, then that means we pick and choose when we shine our light. And God says it's required of a steward that he must be found faithful. I love the fact that he gives that statement. That statement all of us can do. You say, Pastor, I'm not much. Well, I'm not either, but we can be faithful. He gives a requirement here that everyone can do, from the smallest child to the oldest adult. Now, we gave some thoughts about this, and I must recap some of it. The Bible, or we all know that repetition is the mother of all learning. And I know through 15 years behind this pulpit, I know you've heard the same things over and over and over. But the Bible says for me to preach the same things to you is safe. It's safe. So when we think about this epistle in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1, the Bible says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, the context of this passage is you know that the church of Corinth was a struggling church. It was a carnal church. It had divisions in the church. There was a lot of gossip going on in the church. There was a lot of carnal Christians in the church. And so they even was being so carnal and so... And, you know, and I want to say, I think competition is not good in church. We're all on the same team. Amen? But they had competition. They were even putting up the leaders to say, well, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos. And so the people were so carnal, they were trying uh, to create division amongst all the men of God, all the preachers. And so he says to them, are you not carnal? So Paul is trying to deal with now. Now he's trying to explain to them, if you're going to judge me, I'm not really concerned about you judging me, he said to the people at Corinth. He said, you're trying to figure out, are you of Paul or of Silas or of Paulus? But he said, you know, we all just sow. God gives the increase. They're all of God. So he was trying to defute the fact that trying to cut down some of the disputes and the arguing and the strife and the envy. So he deals with this subject and says, look, if you're going to account of us, if you're going to sit back and judge me, then he said, you must understand this. You must understand that we are the ministers of Christ. And then he says to us, and stewards of the mysteries of God. So he's basically saying, I want you to know that we are stewards. But not only are we stewards, you're stewards. 
So we defined what stewards was last week. Stewards are simply someone that is an overseer or a manager they are entrusted with. And he specifically said with the mysteries of God. Now that word mysteries means that Paul said, I've been entrusted with the mysteries of God. In other words, they're no longer mysteries to us because we've been saved. But to the lost people there are mysteries. And by the way, there are still some mysteries to baby Christians. So he says, we are ministers and stewards of the mysteries of God. And so I wanted to talk to you about this theme that it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So we have to understand what a steward is. Number one, I said this last week on Sunday night, stewards are not owners. Stewards are not owners. Now if we're going to be the right kind of stewards and we're going to understand how important it is to be faithful, then we must define what is a steward. If you're saved, you are a steward. Now, you're either a good steward or a bad steward. You say, well, pastor, I've not been entrusted with anything. Oh, yes, you have. I thought about, you know, I think about our banks. I think about, uh, you know, people that we entrust. We give, uh, uh, they manage things for us. Could you imagine if we had someone that managed our money and they wasn't faithful to it? How many of us would keep giving him the opportunity or her the opportunity to manage or to be stewards of our money? None of us would. But God has given us a unique opportunity. He says, you are stewards. I have entrusted with you the mysteries of God. And so we talked about that last week. So here's the issue. If we are stewards, then we're not owners. And I think if we understand this principle, it will change all of our lives today. The issue of ownership, a steward is not an owner. The Bible says in Genesis 50 verse 10 or Psalm 50 verse 10, for every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. The Bible says the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Behold, all souls are mine. The Lord says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I hope this will burn in our hearts. What? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. If we would all live like that and realize even our own body, our own life is not mine. We're simply stewards of it. He owns me. I want you to know in thinking about that, if you were to go into someone's home and that home was not yours and someone entrusted you with that home to take care of it, if you're a good steward, you will leave it. You will leave it just like you found it. Because someone has entrusted that which is not yours. By the way, we are not ours. Now, that's our great struggle. We all, and by the way, that's the psychology of the world today that's killing our children. Everybody's telling our children, well, you can do whatever you want because it's your body. No, God made them. They're safe if they realize, hey, God's made me and he made me with a purpose. But listen, our psychology of today is in complete contempt of the word of God. And the sad thing is most, a lot of Christians have been bought right into that junk. But yet the Bible tells us that we are not our own. A steward is not an owner. Now we don't like that. 
We must understand, submit to ownership. If we're going to be the right kind of steward, then we must know we're not the owner, so we must do what the owner wants. Now, here's a a simple test. If we believe God owns our bodies, our buildings, our businesses, and our billfold, that's a big deal. It's not ours. You say, well, Mark, Pastor, I I worked hard. Yeah, but who gave you the opportunity to work hard? Who gave you the strength? Who gave you the blessings? Who gave you the opportunities? God did. I don't care how talented you are, how wise you are, and thank God if you are talented and wise, God's given you those talents. And we must understand that we are not ours. Our bodies, our buildings, this building's not ours. Our billfold's not ours. Now, boy, we don't like that. Well, that's my money. No, really, it's God's money. He owns my time. He owns my talents. He owns my treasures. He owns first place in my heart. He owns the first day of the week. He owns the first 10% of my gross income. He owns the first part of our day. Why? He's the owner. And by the way, this is a wonderful thing. I don't know very many business partners that go into business with somebody and says, I'll, give, I'll take 10% and you have 90. I don't know of any business person that has any wisdom at all going to do that. They're at least going to say it 70, 30, 60, 40, but most of them are going to say 50, 50. Hey, listen to me. God's so good to us. He says, hey, look, I'm only going to require 10 of it. Now, why would we not be the right kind of stewards if we understand ownership? Why would we not do what our owner desires? Very simple. There's only two reasons. Number one, we're ignorant of it. Number two, we just simply won't. Now, let me just say this. After this message this morning, you won't be able to call the first one. You can no longer say, well, I just didn't know it was all God's. You know different now. So now you're accountable. Okay, I'm not my own. God wants me to be a steward of what He's given me. I'm not the owner of it. I'm a steward of it. So now you have a choice. I have a choice. It's simply we're going to obey Him or disobey. That's it. We're just like big children that never grow up. It's because of one, number number one, ignorance, or two, rebellion. And this message takes away ignorance. So we see the issue of ownership. I want you to notice the issue of obedience. Verse 2, the Bible says, Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. There's, there it is. We have a choice to make. And let's just be honest about it. Let's just all be honest about it. This is our greatest struggle. You know why? Because we think we own it. Those are my children. Well, the Bible says, no, they're a heritage of the Lord. The Lord gave them to you. You know why God blessed Hannah? Because God, Hannah understood if God gave her a baby, it wasn't hers anyway. And she felt great delight in raising that child for the glory of God. We're so much like this today. With our children. And I, I don't want you to be upset with me, but I'm going to tell you something. You're doing your children great harm By living like that with them. There's going to be people in their life that will never be able to influence them and help them if we live like that. 
We must trust the Lord and understand that He has great plan and purpose for our children far greater than we could ever imagine. We're stewards of our children. I see so many of us now, we're raising like this. And then at the end of their life, we, we even say, well, here's what you're going to do when you graduate. And here's what you're going to do. No, the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. That's life's greatest mystery is when you find out what God created your child for. God has a purpose for your children. We're stewards of them. We're to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I've learned this. When I try to do it my way, I messed it up. We're stewards. They're not ours. But when we understand this principle, what a life change takes place. But let's just be honest. Our greatest trouble is we have trouble with obeying. You know why? We want to do it our way. We want to do it, this is the way society tells me, or this is the way I feel about it. But see, God says you're not the owner, you're a steward. And so we have to be obedient to what the owner wants. If God is the owner, and by the way, I'm convinced of that. Are y'all convinced of that? Well, then we better find out what he wants us to do with his stuff. You know, when you go and stay at somebody's house, you, if you're the right kind of person, you're going to say, what do you want us to do with this stuff? When we left the house this week, that's not our house. So I reached out to the owner of the house and said, hey, how do you want us to leave this house? He was very kind. He was very gracious. And I wish I could explain to him how much of a blessing he was to us. He opened up his home. He opened up a lot of property. And even Missy and Derek texted me this morning and said, he'll never know what an encouragement he was to us. You had two pastors there, two pastors' wives. And I'm not going to have a pity party, but I'm going to tell you, it's sometimes hard to just get away and let your hair down. And I'm going to be honest with you, she told me this this morning. She said, I wish he knew how good and how God used him just allowing us to stay there and to be able to go into his property. She said, I have not seen Derek let himself be this calm in a long, long time. But when I left, I said, how do you want to sleep? And he gave us a few little instructions, but could you imagine? If I said, I'll tell you right now, this is my house, and so I left any way I want, I wouldn't be a very good steward. God gives us to be stewards over His work, His will, His word. Listen, so I want you to know our greatest struggle, if we believe God is the owner of it, we better be careful with what we do with His stuff. That's as simple as I know how to say it. That will change all of our lives here today. If we realize and convince he's the owner, if he's the owner, we better be careful with what we do with his stuff. By the way, this ministry is his. We better be careful how we treat it, how we act towards it, how we talk about it. We better be careful because it's his stuff. Everybody that's here, listen to me. We all have weaknesses and we all have strengths. Praise God for grace. And by the way, a pastor and his people, they have to extend grace to one another throughout the years because no longer do I have to give grace. I know y'all have to give grace. Why? Because we're people. We will fail one another. But see, here's what's great. God is the owner of this ministry and this work. I didn't put all of y'all here. God works in the hearts of people. 
This is his stuff. He's the owner. I didn't come up with the idea. Hey, let's have church. Let's build a church down here at 518 Branch Road. Let's build a building. Let's just start having people come. And, and this is not my directives. We're trying to do. You say, Pastor, why do you have church the way you have it? Because I think it's his stuff. And he's given clear principles how things should be done. And we ought to be following his stuff. He's well, Pastor, well, those other places are. I listen, I'm not against any other place. I'm just telling you, when someone says, why do you do things a certain way? You do them here because I want to do what I think the owner desires with his stuff. I'm not going to argue and fight with everybody else. I'm just telling you. And I'm just going to say this. The reason I'm a Baptist is because I believe if we're going to go to heaven, you might as well go first class. Amen. And I'm going to tell you all this right now. If I believe there was something else closer to what the Bible teaches, I would leave today and I'd go join it tomorrow. I'm telling you. But I have absolute confidence in our doctrine and what God has given us here that we're doing God's work His way. Now, we need a lot of improvement. There's a lot of things we can do better. But I can promise you this. Us preaching the gospel, you can't improve on that. Us trying to reach people for God, you can't improve upon that. Us trying to preach and live a holy life because He's holy, we can't improve upon that. I am not even going to change the message today. This isn't my message. He says it's required of stewards to be found faithful. So I would not be the right kind of steward to tell you that, oh, it's okay if you just hit and miss with God's work. No, He says it's to be faithful. That's His work, not mine. That's not my word. That's not what I'm telling you you need to do. I'm telling you I'm just the messenger boy. He says that if we're Christians, we are stewards and we ought to be the right kind of stewards. And one of the ways to be the right kind of steward is to be found faithful. See, not everybody's going to preach. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can play a piano. Not everybody can teach. But I will say this, I believe there's a whole lot more people that can, they just won't. But I'm just going to say, God didn't give the requirement to obey, saying, all right, if, a, if it's required in stewards that they be found to be able to teach. No, he said faithful. Why? Because even these children can be faithful. And as health allows, even the older people can be. And by the way, I'm not just talking about church attendance now. Do you know I've read that in great ministries of the past, great men of God, there were people that were not able to be in church, but they were faithful where they were to pray for the services. How many of you have ever heard of C.H. Spurgeon? We're told that he's the prince of preachers. I read a biography on him the other day. Quite an interesting read. I didn't know all about that that I knew about C.H. Spurgeon. It was a great read. I was humbled but one of the things that I learned that more people, the reason I believe God blessed his ministry is because there were people that weren't old, they were too old and too frail to come to church, but they were faithful to pray every service. So when we talk about stewardship, talk about faithful, here's where we go. We run to two places. Number one, we ought to be faithful to church, which that's a give me, we should be. Number two, I got to be faithful to give in the offering. But oh, God means so much more than those two things. It's required of a steward to be found faithful. 
But look, here it is. If, if we believe that God's the owner, then we, we're going we're to be careful with what we do with his stuff. Now let that sink in. Because let me just say this. You're not yours. Wouldn't you think that if you're not yours and you truly believe that, do that mean that you might be careful the next time you make a decision and leave God out of it? What's the owner want? Well, here's the problem. Everybody sitting in this chair, in these benches today, listen, we all know some basic principle things. We know what God wants. That's not the problem. We're not going to do it. Let's just be honest. So it is an issue of obedience. Why do we discipline our children? Because they don't obey or they disobey. So what do we do? We discipline them. Why? Because we love them. We know that they could do certain things in their life and they're going to be hurt or going to affect others. And so we love them enough we discipline them. Why? The root problem is in their little heart, the Bible says it's bound. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And so they have to be trained. They have to be corrected. But I've learned something. I'm just a big old kid that still loves to disobey. And so you know what God does? He loves me. He corrects me. Not because he's a mean God but because he loves me too much, listen to me now, to let me go. So if we're going to be the right kind of steward, obedience requires two things. Number one, attitude. I did it. Well, you might have did it, but you certainly didn't do it with the right attitude. And boy, I've been guilty of that. I just soon, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just being honest. I, we raised two kids. It always bothered me when my two children just conformed and they didn't do it with the right attitude because I felt like we failed. Oh, we can get people to do things, but that's not the goal. The goal is for the attitude to be proper and to be right. You say, why do you know that? Well, Romans six seventeen says this, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Here it is. Are you all ready? From the heart. From the heart. See, that's why I don't go up to people and make you feel bad because you don't serve. Put you on a, on, a, on a pity party or put you on a, on a guilt trip. Like, why don't you do this? Because you know why? I know if you're only doing it for the wrong reason, you won't do it long. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. When we realize that we've been saved from sin and we realize our owner has saved us from a heart of thankfulness comes the obedience. See, we've made Christianity too much like, you know, we've heard it. Oh, y'all are just that robotic church. Y'all just put all these rules up. No, so far from that. If I love the owner and my heart's been touched by him and I truly realize I'm an old lost sinner and without him, I don't know where I'd be today. To be fair, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't even know where my children would be today if it were not for Him. 
and His saving power and Him helping us through the hardest days of our life. I want you to know something. Our obedience should not come. Well, that's what the preacher wants. Or you better hurry up or the preacher's going to get into you. And by the way, I've never pastored like that. Never. Because it's bigger than that. I don't want you doing something because you're afraid of somebody coming and saying, it's bigger than that. Out of the heart. How many of y'all know you're saved? You know what He did to save you. I think about my personal relationships. Laura and I are not perfect, but I'm going to tell y'all something. I love her with my heart. I love my family with my heart. And I love this church. And when I say that, it's not this building. I love you with my heart. I don't have to get up every day and be given reasons why I'm supposed to love you. God's worked in my heart. Yes, do I get tired? Do I get, yes. Do I sometimes not want to come back on a Sunday night? I'm going to confess my sin to y'all. Yes. There's times I'm so tired and I'm mentally struggling I'd love to just lay in bed and stay there but my love for him it's not out of duty it's my love for him he went the second mile for me my soul the most I can do is be faithful to him I'm so sick of hearing people give reasons why well y'all just doing that for this reason or y'all bunch of legalists or you're worried more about the outside and the inside you've never heard that here everything comes from right here. Everything. And when I haven't been right, and when I haven't done right, it hadn't come from here. Attitude. And then that attitude, when that heart gets affected, moved, and touched by the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be action to follow. Here's what the Lord Jesus said. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not things which I say? Well, Lord, I'm going to just tell you why. I just don't want to. So we have to understand. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We have to understand the stewards are not owners. We have to understand it's an issue of ownership. We must understand it's an issue of obedience. But then thirdly, as I close, we have to understand that it's an issue of operation. Here it is, found faithful. Out of all the things he asks us to do, he asks us to be found faithful. You may not be much, but we can be faithful. See, we've been given gifts. God's given you gifts. You have particular gifts that God's given to you that I could not do. I don't have them. I might have some similar to yours. You might have some similar to me. But God has given us these gifts to do what? To accomplish a job. And this job is the desire of the master, the desire of our owner. But we must be faithful. We must be faithfully operating as stewards. Now, I mentioned a moment ago, if you have someone that uh, manages your money, you better hope they're faithful. How many of you find out if someone's not faithful to your money and they've not done something right by it, you, you go keep them? No, you're not going to keep them. You're going to find somebody else. And rightfully so. Amen. Why? Because they're not, they've not been found faithful. 
We've got to be found faithful. That's the operation of a steward. Again, he didn't say, all right, now, if you're going to be a great steward, you've got to have talents. No, he didn't say that. He said, you've got to be blonde head and blue eyed. No, he didn't say that. He said he gave us a requirement that can operate that everyone can do it. Faithfully operating as stewards. Can I just give you a few quick, and i got to close, maybe finish tonight. Faithfully operating as stewards. Number one, just simple stuff. Now, this is simple. we got to be faithful to his will and to his word. Faithful. What does that mean, Pastor? All right. That means that hopefully, we can talk about this later, hopefully we're faithful to reading his word. Hopefully we're faithful to listening to God's word. Because once we hear God's word, then we start knowing what the owner desires. Now, here's, I don't know about you, but there's been many a times I've sat down to read my Bible and I've read something and I didn't like it. How many of y'all be honest? Y'all, y'all ever felt that way? It's all right. Raise your hand. I worry about it if you don't. There's been things I've read that I didn't like it because it goes against exactly maybe what I'm doing or what I'm thinking or the way I'm feeling. But boy, I've learned this through my life. I have learned this through my life. You better not trust your feelings. We better get faithful to his will. And here's what I've learned. He has a will for me. He has a will for you. He has a will for our children. That encourages me. We've got to be faithful to his will and to his word. Now, to be faithful to his word, we have to know it. That's why someone says, well, I'll tell you right now, why do you got to be at church three times a week? Well, do we send our children to school three times a week? No. They're there five days a week normally, and they're there eight hours a day. That'd be a work week. Well, why? Why is that so important? Well, they're learning things, which things they need to learn. So do you not think when they come here that they're not learning things that are just as important or more important? Why? A child, it encourages me. You know, we got two little ones in the house now, and it encourages me to hear little Cora talk about a story that she heard on Wednesday night that she was not aware of. She, I love for her to tell us or Kate to talk about David and Goliath or whoever they've learned about. I love to hear that because you know what? Sadly today, you can go to most children, they don't even know who David and Goliath are. How will they ever know what God desires for them if they are never told God's word? We've got to be faithful. Parents, can I say, you say, what can I do to do the best with my children? Well, first of all, make sure that you understand that you're a steward of them and God has greater plans for them than you could ever imagine. And you'll never do yourself wrong by always revealing to them God's word and that God has a plan and will for their life. We've got to be faithful to that. Teachers, you say, what do you want me to do? What does God want us to do? He wants you to be faithful to his word. Not your opinion. Not what you think. Not what I think. Not what you're feeling at the evening. It's we ought to be faithful to his word. Because his word reveals his will. Remember, I said stewards are not owners. So if we're not owners, we better know what he wants done with his stuff. This is is how he tells us what he wants done with his stuff. Faithful. Yes, this is an easy one. If we're going to be faithful to his word, then we're going to be faithful to his church. There's no doubt about it. We're going to be faithful to the ministry of our, ministries of our church. Do you know the most dangerous thing for a couple to do is do nothing together? 
Do you know what will be even helpful to you in your marriage as you get involved in a ministry in a church and you will be amazed what God will do in both of your hearts and God, when you start, you, when God starts working and using you as a couple in the lives of other people, it just puts another layer of protection over your relationship. Because what happens is you quit being so inward and you start thinking about others. And so, man, and that's healthy because God came for others. I start getting worried about couples or anybody that just starts backing up on all that. And boy, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to get involved in all that because you know what that tells me? That tells me they're going in the wrong direction because they're only thinking of themselves. We've got to be faithful to the church, the ministries of the church. How about the faithfulness? And by the way, we've all failed here. How about the testimony of our church? What we do and what we say matters. And look, we've all failed. And God help us. We ought to be faithful to the church. And then quickly, I'm going to close because I'll finish tonight. We've got to be faithful in praying and reading our Bibles and maintaining. Listen, if I don't, if you don't hear anything else tonight, this morning, hear this. We've got to be faithful in maintaining our own personal relationship with Jesus. <laughs> Thursday morning, sitting in a blind, I was bawling my eyes out. You know why? I hate sin. Hate it. By the way, I hate it in my life and I hate it in others. You know why? Because I know what it brings. It might take a little while, but I'm going to tell you what it brings. It brings death. Hurt. Brokenness. And none of us are above it. You hear me? None of us are above it. So why does God say we got to be faithful? We have to be faithful to maintain our own personal relationship with Jesus. I hate it in my life. I hate it in others. Y'all hate sin and what it produces. What stops it? What keeps it from happening? Keep your relationship right. Personally, I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. Say, Pastor, why is church so important? Because at least I know you're trying to maintain your relationship. Everything might not be perfect. By the way, there's not one perfect home here, including this one. You say, why do you make such a big deal? You start worried about people because they don't come to church. Because I'm going to tell you why. It's not a guarantee because you come to church. But I'm going to say this. At least I know that there's a desire there that you're trying to maintain a relationship with Jesus. But even more so than attending this church, 
I hope and pray that you're moment by moment, hour by hour, maintaining your relationship with the Lord. You know why? Because when that temptation comes, when that temptation comes for you to do something wrong, and by the way, temptation will come. But when you have your relationship with the Lord Jesus so very sweet, it's so much harder for that temptation to grab hold of your heart. How did Satan defeat, or how did the Lord defend temptation? He quoted his word. So the next time you're tempted, say, oh no, I can't do that and break the heart of the one that loved me and died for me. I want to hide his word in my heart that I might sin not sin against you. Listen to me. We've got to be faithful to maintain our relationship with our Savior. Faithful. And by the way, let me tell you this. The moment you let your guard down, you better be careful. Faithful. Let's stand to our feet. You hear a lot of New Year's resolutions, but here's one. We want to grow closer to the Lord this year. How about that one? And by the way, you know what that means? That means you're going to go through some heartbreaking stuff. Well, it's time to love him more from your heart. With head bowed and eyes closed this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm here this morning, and I don't even know for sure if I'm saved. I, I don't know. Would you pray for me? Is there anyone like that this morning? You say, Pastor, I'm here this morning. I, I, I want to make that resolution. I want, to, I want to keep my relationship with him so very sweet. Help me to grow. I want to grow closer to him this year. How many of you feel that way? Would you raise your hand? God bless you. Look, they're going to play something on the piano. Why don't you just come, find a place. You don't have to say a word to nobody. Kneel, kneel down at your pew, whatever. Let's pray while, listen invitation is so important because if you walk out of this building and you don't, you don't nail some things down, you won't. You won't do it. So I'm asking you, respond to what he speaks to you about this morning. Do it now. Do it now. Say, Lord, help me. I want to be faithful. Faithful. I realize I'm just a steward. I'm yours. If I'm his, we better be careful with what we do with his stuff. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We want to thank you for your many blessings. Oh, Lord, I pray. You'll get a hold of our hearts. And you'll help us realize how important this is. Yes, I get weary when I know what sin does, but Lord, I can't imagine where you are. I'm just a steward, and my heart goes out to people. But Lord, I can't imagine how your heart is broken. 
because of the sin of the people you love. So Lord, I pray you'll work in all of our hearts and help us this year to be faithful at maintaining our relationship with you. There's no other relationship that's more important. And Lord, if we failed you, I pray you'll help us to claim your forgiveness and we'll move right on and love you more. Lord, I pray you'll work in each individual's heart. Speak to us now and help us. And we'll thank you for what you do. For we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And all God's people say it. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Be back as you can tonight. Six o'clock. We'll finish this up.